Well, again, uh, I want to welcome everybody and thank you for coming to be a part of our year-end celebration. I know that usually when it comes to year-end celebrations, they're, they're done uh, on, uh, you know, late at night and you bring in the new year uh, celebrating, but um, it doesn't matter whether you wait till the end of the day or do it in the middle of the day. It's still so important, I believe, to gather with God's people and hear a word for God from the Lord for the upcoming year. I absolutely believe that it's so important to get a better perspective of what God is saying in our lives and therefore we're not just doing like the rest of the world making New Year's resolutions <laughs> based upon what maybe we think we need to do with our lives and of course there are things we always want to improve and all of that but I believe that we should always start with the word of the Lord. What is God saying uh, about me, about myself, about my what's going on in my heart, what's going on in my home? And then that way, the direction that I take, the steps that I take into the new year are based upon what God said and not just my personal desire. That's very, very important. For many, many years, uh, pastors, leaders have placed so much emphasis on believers charting their own course believers setting their own destiny that we've gotten way off with that and we think it's normal to just simply hear messages about us being personally blessed without it including anybody else and God's perspective and what's going on beyond just me and my four and no more and the reason why what I'm saying is so important is because you'll find that Jesus always talked about what his father had to say what his father was saying and what his father was doing was doing he said I didn't come of my own accord and he calls us into the same type of lifestyle that we don't live life unto ourselves. Amen. We live according to what God is saying and what God is doing. And believe me, when we do that, what did he say? When you seek first the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is this. It's the rule of God, R-U-L-E, and the reign of God, R-E-I-G-N. It's what God's perspective is for my life. We hear that all the time. The, the, the kingdom of God, well, what does that really mean? It's the government of God. And when you seek first the government of God, then all the other things, what are the other things he was talking about? All the things that the Gentiles were seeking. Before he made that statement, he was mentioned, they were talking about how everybody's worried about, how am I gonna, where am I going to sleep? How, what clothes am I going to wear? How am I going to feed myself? How am I going to take care of my family? Where he said, if you seek first the rule of God, the government of God, then all those things he takes care of. Wow, he takes care of that. So today, I, I don't know what all the uh, women are going to speak. They haven't told me uh, what, or everything that they're going to share and talk about. But I know this much that as we're moving into 2018, 2018 is uh, we're in the Hebrew year 5778, according to the Jewish Hebrew calendar. And, and it actually started back in September, our calendar, September of, of uh, 2017. And the significance of this year is that it means the year of new beginnings. The year of new beginnings, yeah. And that you start that year off with repentance. Amen. Turning away from sin, turning away from your own way, your own ideas, and seeking with your whole heart to go after God. And not even just doing it by yourself. All of this is in that meaning for 5778. It means to do it in community. Mm -hmm. Wow. Amen. So now you see the significance of this gathering. It's not just my individual turning, but even corporately, we're turning, all of us are turning our whole hearts to the Lord. 
And how many of you are, are frustrated? You don't have to raise your, raise your hand frustrated with the way your life is gone. So if eventually we all reach this point where it's like, okay, Lord, I have had enough. I have made my own decisions. And there have been times, if we really be honest, God, I really didn't even trust you. I didn't believe you. And aren't you glad that he doesn't even hold that over our heads? He goes, I get it. I, I know why you didn't believe me. I know why you didn't trust me. Because you asked me for some things. And they didn't turn out the way you thought. Mm -hmm. It didn't turn out because the, the TV preacher told you that all you got to do is name it and claim it and wow. decree it and declare <laughs> it. That's true. And it did not happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And so many of us are angry with God. But what we're going to be hearing today is going to be God's perspective about <coughs> what happened. About why. I don't even know. I'm just saying this right now because I hear the Lord speaking this to me. You're going to hear some of the reasons why things didn't turn out. The way the declaration you said it you declared it you decreed it but you're gonna hear why it didn't turn out that way mm -hmm. and it is because declarations and decrees are not based upon us looking at what we see we think god needs to do god's not a vending machine we don't take our tithes and offerings put the money into the vending machine choose what we want and then say okay where god where's my blessing mm -hmm. it's not the way it works and so we're coming into somebody say new beginnings new beginnings, new beginnings. and so we're going to trust god this year I don't want to start preaching, but I just feel the presence of the Lord as I'm talking right now. We're going to trust God this year. Just make up in your mind right now. This year, I'm going to trust him. Even though it didn't turn out, 2017 was nowhere near like what I thought. Not only 2017, but all the years before that. <laughs> and I don't know why things have happened the way they have. And I have not received answers. And I have not been happy with the answers that I received. <laughs> I mean, if you want to know. So I came to get a word from God today. I came to get a word from God today. Yeah. And so we put the, it, it's not just challenging the Lord with this, but that's what he expects us to do, to draw upon him. God, I don't get it. As y'all can tell, I'm not a typical preacher. <laughs> it's all good. Just say, God, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand this. And so I'm turning to you. I'm not going to run from you mad at you. Since I don't get it, I'm turning to you. I've been told a whole lot of things for a whole lot of years about who you are. But today, I don't want to hear the TV preacher's version of who you are. I don't want the religious, traditional version of who you are. I really want to know who you are. And so right now, just kind of do like this. Like, like I'm pushing back all the other stuff. I'm laying it all aside, and I'm coming after you. With yes. my whole heart. Come throw your hands up to the Lord. Yes. I'm coming after you with my whole heart. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, we thank you as you are speaking through these women today that you are speaking directly to us. You will answer prayer. You will answer the cry that has been in hearts. We thank you, Lord, for your anointing poured forth on each and every one that will speak and declare your word. And we thank you, Lord God, that we shall hear sovereignly yes, in a holy way, your purpose, you, your will, your plan. Yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, the first one I want to bring before you to bring the word is Pastor Madeline Clark. She, yes, come on, bless the Lord. She probably knew what she said. Pastor always pick me first. I expected this time. <laughs> this time 
dear, dear woman of God who came into our lives uh, through the Shalom House Women's Shelter. Found out she was working there. And uh, she has become just a, such a daughter to us. I know that may sound a little bit strange, but no, she's a daughter in the Lord to us. And uh, so I asked her, uh, along with Elder Maxine and my wife, to share with us today. Now, even that may be unusual. I said, how come, Pastor, you're not bringing the word? At the year-end service, it's always the senior pastor that brings the word. Well, even this, I'm demonstrating to you what's coming up in the future. In the future, you will. all of us must be prepared and ready for God to use you. It does not have to be the senior pastor. God told me this year, sit down, let the women talk. Because he put something in them. That's even uh, part of the Lord's strategy. Call forth the wailing women. And so God's got a word for you today. So uh, I say this, so that if you struggle with hearing uh, maybe uh, women in ministry, women pastors and all of that, I'm so sorry. Uh, um, the word of the Lord says he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. Yes. Your sons and your daughters. Amen. Amen. Prophesy. So, right. <laughs> all right. So, come on. Let's come on. Welcome her. She comes today. Thank you, Pastors Chris and Carol, whom I love and adore. I thank God because um, God positions us in places where He's going to connect us. Um, I love to tell this because there was two days I was so fed up at what I was going through because there was someone that was really making my life miserable. And I realized that it was in, the enemy trying to move me out because they did not want me. He did not want me to connect with them. And I had told the sister, the supervisor, I said, I'm done. This is it. I'm out. I don't feel like I can be of any benefit here. So she never said nothing. So later on, towards the end of the day, she stepped in front of me and she said to me, now is not the time for you to leave. And she moved on. And I said, wait a minute. She said, I just know that's what God said. I don't know. I said, okay. So I stayed. Then my, my um, director, Denise Britton, she said, Madeline, I got two wonderful people and I know you're going to love them. And I said, oh, really? And she said, yeah, yeah, you are. She said, they're coming, they're coming. So I said, okay, all right. So then when I met them, immediate connection, it was like Zoom, zero, there it is. That's why all of this happened to you. But you were faithful and stood for God and allowed God to minister to you and be obedient to that, and the connection was made. Now here we are going into this new year. God had took us out of a building, and I was like, God, why are you doing that? Um, you know, we've been faithful and everything. We've been, because New Zion, we have been through so much. And the building was right there. We could reach out and grab it, and it was like the hand of God was there, like, mm -mm. no. And then we had to move, so we was in a community room, so we had to move out. And so I was like, God, what is this? Where's the people going to go? What are we going to do? And he said, you have a place for them to go. You got an apartment. Train them in there. He said, uh, does it make a difference where? Church is in here. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. As long as you're going to be there, I'm going to be there. Mm -hmm. So things are changing. It's the paradigm shift that he had given me. Things are shifting the way we think it ought to be, the way we think it should have been, the way we think it should have went is not God's way. Could it be that the way you've been used to was not even God? He wasn't even in it. 
It was because of your grandparents. It was because of somebody you know. They've been in it a long time. And so you went to support them. But did we really go to support God? Amen. So the message um, that he gave me, I was they're struggling with so much. I got to condense now. So I'm going to try to read and stick to just what's on here because otherwise I just flow. Go. So the message is it's time to slay it. It's no longer up to us or good for us to just let it go. Because when we let things go, they're always there. You can let this cup, I'm holding it, I can let it go. And it's right there. Sorry, Dr. Carter. It's right there. And then the enemy says to you, well, you know, that didn't happen. So maybe, you know, you might want to go over there and just pick that back up. So we pick it back up. But when we look and give it over to God and turn it over to him, it's slayed, it's crushed, it's destroyed. It's no longer there. We cannot go and pick it up. And like he was, pastor was saying, God says, and if my people, he's talking to us, not the outside people, he's talking to us. If my people who are called by my name, different situation, different times, same message for all God's people. If we would, Humble ourselves. We don't want to humble ourselves. We think we're it. We think we're the ace boom cool. We full of pride and all of these other kind of things we got going on. We want this. It's not happening. I'm mad at God. I'm mad at this one. I'm mad at that one. I hate you. I'm not going to forgive you. All this kind of stuff that's going on within us. We say, mm, I ain't sin. But as we move and enter into the new year of 2018, we must first properly close the door of 2017. And the past that's attached to it so that we can freely embrace what God wants to release in us, to us, for us, and through us in order to move forward in him. We can move forward, but don't necessarily mean we move forward in him. We must slay everything not pleasing to God from our past that stands between us and him. Because something, there's some little thing in all of us that is standing. It may be a tiny little dot. But he said he's coming for a church without spot or wrinkle or blemish. Mm -hmm. Nothing. He don't want nothing there. Purify. We have things that we thought we let go of and tried to let go of, but they're weighing us down. The Bible says, release, get rid of every weight and sin that so easily besets us. In the word, y'all. We can't move forward holding on to past hurts, past disappointments, Heartaches, heartbreaks, unforgiveness, and yes, other sins. Because all of those are sins to God. Why? Because he's almighty God. There's nothing too hard for him. There's nothing he can't do. If we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which means his government, his way of living, his way of life. We want to come to God. God, I'll come to you, but I want you to make me a pastor. I want you to make me this. I'm going to be that. Come to God naked before him, not wanting any. When I came to the Lord, I, was, I just didn't want nothing. I said, Lord, whatever you can find in me to do, just do that. And I began helping, working, scrubbing floors and all this kind of And every time the pastors would come and get me and bring me up front. I said, I don't want to be up front. I like ushering. That's what I love. I love ushering, greeting people and everything like that. And every time the pastors would find me, they'd say, uh, come on. They would ordain me. God would ordain me with people that I know didn't want women pastors. I knew it. 
And I asked him, I said, I don't want to be ordained any minister. First, it was minister. I said, I don't want to be ordained minister. He said, well, I'll tell you what. You tell God what you don't want, and I'm going to do what he tells me to do, and then you go right on ahead. And I started crying. On my pictures of being an ordained minister, all you see is tissues, <laughs> tears, <laughs> tissues. They could not get no picture of me without wow. crying. <laughs> Because I knew it was going to be a burden released on me forever and ever and ever. And I'm thinking, I'm saying that it's God doesn't give us burdens, but the burden of proof. Because God has something for us to do. And it's not necessarily what we want to do. Because why? He's not going to be in a challenge. He's not going to challenge. Gifts come without repentance. We all have the gifts. And they operate, whether or not. But when we are in Christ Jesus, they operate under the anointing, and that's when they're effective. Otherwise, they're just show. In the words of speakers are bouncing off the walls and the ceiling. But we're listening, amen, praise the Lord, that's right, pray. But are, what are you saying amen to? Because you do you know the spirit up under that church? Do you know the spirits that go with that church, with that amen? Amen seals it. Amen means it is so. It seals what you have just amen to. Half the time, we don't even know what we're saying amen to, but because everybody else is saying, and the pastor says, say amen. Amen. We ready to jump and shout. But what was we jumping and shouting about? See, God says, could it be that we have just not been doing it right? That's why he has conditioned us. Everything that we have gone through up until this very moment, this very day today, has been preparation. It has been conditioning for what he has for us to go into in the new year. Because on this level of ministry and this level of life, this level of anointing that's coming up, just anybody can't step into that. And certainly no unrepentance can step into it. And we all have fallen short of the glory of God. No matter who we are, me, I'll raise my hand first. No, it may not have been no big sin that you did, but what did God say? Sin is sin. If I steal a penny and don't repent for it, and you steal a hundred dollars and don't repent for it, we got the same punishment. But God is so loving and kind. This is the dispensation of grace. He doesn't want us to be punished. He wants his people to come up. Come out from among them and be ye separated, says the Lord. That's what he wants for us. That's what he wants for his people. He has given us another chance and opportunity for his grace to penetrate us. For us to let go and not only let go of it, but slay it so it's not going to ever come back to haunt us. There is nothing that we have ever been through that's worse than what Jesus Christ went through for us. Yeah, we go through some hard stuff. It hurts. It hurts us to the very core of our being. But he said to me, Madeline, that's little stuff compared to what I have done for you and the doors that I have opened for you. All you have to do is keep your focus on me. Repent and walk through them, step through them. The past is the past and it can never be changed. As hard as some things may be to forget and let go of, God said, all things are possible in him. Scripture, Philippians 3, 12 to 16. 
Now, I may run through some other ones a little quick, and if you want them later on, I'll give them to you, but we have other people coming. So, in the New Living Testament he gave me, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ first possessed me. See, we're possessed for his glory. He paid the price for us. So it's up to him what he wants to do with us. It is not up to us. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it yet. But I do focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press, and that word press means to strain with everything you got. An example of it was when Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, he strained. Because you know why? Because the sweat turned to blood. That means his capillaries were popping. That's how much stress and strain was on him. That's what strain, that's what pressing means. It don't just mean I'll just move forward. No. You got to fight to move forward. We got to let go of things that are weighing us down so we can lighten up to move forward because God's got great things. There is a word from the Lord. I press and strain on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. Let us all who are spiritually mature agree on those things, if, on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the process and progress we have already made. What God has brought you to to this very point. I know it's been painful. I know it's been rough. I know we're tired. You're no tired of it than I am. I tell people, they look at me and say, oh, that smile, you never go through nothing. I'm thinking, <laughs> you just don't know. But Paul views the Christian race, the Christian life as a race of patience, endurance, and one of conditioning. Sometimes life itself can throw us off track, slow us down, weigh us down, causing a slight detour. But Philippians 5 and 7 says, you were running well. Who hindered you? So we got hindered. We got thrown off track. But we can get back on. That's the good news. God wants to give us opportunity to get back on if we want it. And Romans 8, 28 says, all things will work out for God's glory and for our good. Not the way we want it to work out, but the way he wants it to work out. The way he intends for it to work out. Do we want that? That's what we have to want moving forward. That's the mindset that he, we have to have. When he says, let this mind be in you, that's also in Christ Jesus. His mindset is a father God. He does and says the things that father God says. And our mindset must be in him doing the same things. Not what we want. And the key to that moving forward is repentance. Because we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And Matthew 4 and 17 says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's right here, right now. It's time. It's time to slay. It's time to get rid of it. Whatever that it is in our life, it's time to let it go. God, we can't move forward holding on to the past. We can't. If I'm holding on, I can't let go. I can't move forward. But God is saying, no, let that go. Break them ties. There's some people in our life he's had to move out our life. There's some things in our life he's had to move out of our life. Nobody knows that more so than me because it's happened to me an awful lot. 
He said, let it go and slay it. Don't go back and pick it up. Don't go back and get it. If things didn't work out on your job, let it go. I got better for you. You can't see it, but you got to let that go. Slay it. Close that door and believe and trust in me that I got better for you. Because if I'm directing your life, see, God has to do better or his word will come back to him void. And he said it will not come back void. He always has better for us, but we want to hold on. We want to say, well, let me see. Let me see. Do, do you got something better for me, God? Can you, can you let me see it right now? Give me a peek of it. What is it? I just need a little peek so I can move this other foot over there. But I'm going to stay right here. Uh, I'm going to stay right here just like straddling the fifth. He said you can't be lukewarm. He'll spew you out of his mouth. The word is real. It's true for all of us, people of God. Brothers and sisters, Madeline. It's true for us. I said, Lord, help me to do better. Because i, I got to follow you. i got to see what the end is going to be. I've got to get what you have for me. Amen. And healing and deliverance must be our portion. That can only come through repentance. Repentance. Repentance for not following God when he told us to. Repentance for not believing God when he told us to. For not trusting God. Oh God, I still have this thing. Oh God, I this. Oh God, I that. He said, because you haven't given it over to me. If you really release it, let it go and slay it, giving it over to me forever and ever, you don't have to worry about it no more. But we have to stay in this word. We have to fast and pray because he says some things can only come through fasting and praying. We have to get back to that. We have to deny these bellies sometimes. We have to deny these eyes from watching some things that even we shouldn't even be watching. But we watch some things. And God is saying, keep your focus on me. This is a time and a season when I need you to be focused on me. I need your full attention because the great things that I want to do in your life, it requires that. And it requires you not to have any second thought on turning around to look back. We know what happened to a woman that turned around and looked back. Turned to pillars. So we don't know what will happen to us, but I can guarantee you, we're not moving forward in 2018. This is our last opportunity right here today. And everyone under the sound of our voices, God has called you. And I'm so happy to see so many of you because you're starting your new year going into it the right way. We're going into it God's way. We're not going into it our way. <clears throat> Micah erases, I mean, repentance erases our sin and iniquity from God's mind. Our sins no longer have any bearing on our salvation. Micah 7 and 19 says, God has compassion on us and casts our sins into the sea. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature or creation. Old things and all things are passed away. Behold, all things become new, new mercies and new grace. We don't have to think about the old stuff. He doesn't even want us to remember the old stuff. He wants us to slay it, slay it. Don't just let it go, slay it. Make sure it's out of our life forever. However, we have to do that. How do we do that? We seek God, ask him what it is, show me, place it before me and give me the answer to what I need to do to satisfy it. Because we all need to do it, me too.
I'm not preaching at anybody. God gave me this first. So this comes to cut and chop me up first before it can go out to anybody else because we cannot give a hurting people something that we don't have if we're not healed. We have to be healed. <clears throat> That's another thing God did greatly for me meeting these two people because like I said, they took time with me and they heard me. They listened to me. And God could help me through them. And we have to stop putting pride up. Oh, that's all right. Something wrong with y'all? No, I'm all right. I'll, I'll be all right. I'll just give it to God. Well, <laughs> why haven't you given it to God already? It's not been working for you. So evidently, God is saying, you need some help. I need some help. When we can release and chop that pride out the way and let it go, we can get the help that we need so that we can help someone else. Every one of us is being conditioned to help someone else. That's why you didn't get what you wanted. That's why you didn't get it the way you wanted. Because your conditioning process requires these things. And it's step by step by step that we have to take and we can't skip any. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead, beg with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you, new living. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I'm going to skip over some. Which brings us to the new year 2018, which is the Hebrew year we've heard our pastor say 5778, check. Being the letter of life and wisdom, it also means time in the community, which is considered the doorway of life from heaven and symbolizes new beginnings, salvation, resurrection, new birth, and regeneration. It started September 20th, 2017 to September 22nd, 2018. This is the year where he has, and he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. What is the Spirit saying? It's time to slay it, let go of everything, drop the baggage, whatever it is, because God has greatness for every one of us. He wants to move us forward. He is calling his people out of darkness into his marvelous light. He wants us to be equipped and ready to walk into the lighted doorway and path that he has set and established for us. Isaiah 60 says, Arise and shine, for your light has come. The glory of God has risen upon you, upon you. Gross darkness shall cover the earth and people, but the Lord shall arise upon you. And his glory shall be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Isn't that so much more better than anything else we could want? I mean, we just have to want all of him, his fullness, his mercy, his grace. And then we go out and light the world of others because of Christ in us, because of his glory, because of what he wants to do in us. And um, the other one was Isaiah 43. Do not call to mind the former things or even think about them because I'm doing a new thing. Yes. I shall spring forth and you shall you not know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the darkness. In other words, whatever our situation is, God's got it. 
We just have to give it over to him. And I'm going to stop right here. I pray that this word has been a blessing to you. I know it has blessed me. And I'm just so excited about what God wants to do for us in this new year of check. And you should be excited too. Amen. Amen. Can you hear? Amen. Let's be real intentional right now. Say, Lord, I receive this word. Now, as he's bringing things to your heart right now about you, what needs to be slain, Jesus. things that have been yokes of bondage upon you, bad habits, ways of thinking, fear. Come on, slay it right now. <coughs> Lay it aside. Say, yes, it's over. God. I'm not bring, It's not. I'm not carrying this over I'm into the next year. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. If there's some folks you need to forgive, do yes. that right now. Because mm -hmm. unforgiveness will keep you from yes, moving into this new year yes, and receiving what God has for you. Folks that have hurt you, I mean hurt you. Yes, don't let pride rise up right now and say, well, Pastor Chris, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what, what, I, what they did to me. I don't have to know. God knows. Forgiveness does not mean that they'll get away with it. Amen. Amen. That's right. Forgiveness yeah. doesn't, yeah. that's not what it means. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness means that you get free. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You get free. Yeah. Yes, Lord. So come on, right? Do it again. Even all, everybody that comes to your mind right now, just whisper their names under your breath. Say, Lord, forgive. Lord, just say, Lord, I forgive Chris. I forgive Tony. I forgive. Lord, just name their names. I release them. I let them go. They owe me nothing. Forgive means to cancel the debt. That's the hard part. Sometimes we say, I forgive, but I'm still waiting for them to come and apologize. No, no, they don't, they don't even owe me an apology. I cancel the debt. If they never, ever apologize to me for what they did and what they said, I let them go. Because I want to be free. I want to be free. I know that's not easy to do. And you may find yourself praying this prayer every minute of every day until it becomes real. But do it. Keep letting them go. Every time you get that knot in your stomach, when you just think about them, just say, I forgive, I forgive him. Him. Amen. Let him go. <laughs> yes, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We know forgiveness isn't an easy thing, but it is a choice. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. It's a choice. And you keep letting him go over and over again until it is done. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Until the pain and the sting of even their name doesn't hurt anymore. Keep letting them go. Yes, Lord, and I'm here to tell you right now, for some of you, if you let them go, it is going to release God to do what he needs to do in their life. Yes, Lord. Part of the reason why there hasn't been a change is because you won't let them go. Let them go so God can deal with them. Yes. Let them go. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got testimonies of that. Well, you, there's some people you let go, and after yes. you did, then God the Father was released Thank you, Lord. Yes. to work on their, to work on their heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. It's a new beginning. Come on, nudge somebody. Say, new beginning. New beginning. It's a new beginning. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
gonna slay in it. I'm not gonna pick it up again. Just as Pastor Madeline said, I'm not gonna pick it up again. I'm not gonna pick it up again. Thank you, Lord. I just I just feel led just to say some of you there's some movies when you get home, you need to throw them away. There's some music that's part of your repertoire, you need to delete it off your phone. He said, you sound like you're getting into religious bondage. No, the issue is, how, how far do you want to go in this? Yeah. Yes, that's true. Amen. You become what you keep listening to. That's yeah. right. My wife and I used to be youth pastors, and they used to always ask, this question comes up among teenagers all the time. What's wrong with listening to secular music? What's wrong listening to this? Order? And we would always say, it's got nothing to do with whether it's right or wrong to listen to it. The issue is, what do you want in your spirit? Mm-hmm. What do you want seeds do you want to come up in your life? Because whatever you feed yourself, whatever you seed yourself, that's what's going to come up. So when you get home, go through. I just sense that. Just say, It's a new beginning. It's a new start. Lord, whatever I need to clean out, my movie choices, my music choices, my book choices. And Pastor Madeline already also said, even people choices, mm-hmm. folks that are in my circle. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough one because a lot of our circle, we grew up with these people all of our lives. Mm-hmm. And if you make this choice, then you put you in that tough position of everybody, you, you thinking, yeah, everybody, what, who you think you are? Trying to navigate everybody, trying to keep people from feeling some type of way, because you decide I'm, I'm just things I'm not going to do anymore, yeah. conversations I'm not going to have anymore. Exactly. When you start talking about all the dirt going on at church, it's like I'm not going to talk about. That. I'm not going to get into that anymore. I'm not going to participate in there because even if the man or woman of God is wrong. I'm going to do like David did concerning Saul. I'm not going to put my mouth on somebody that God put in this position. I'm going to let God deal with the Saul. Some of you have had some ministers. You've been like David. They've been throwing javelins at you, trying to hurt you, trying to kill you, and you've been talking. So right now, say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for gossiping and talking about my pastors and my leaders. They were wrong, but I forgive me for participating. Thank you, Lord. Remember that old phrase, two, two wrongs don't make a right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> they was wrong, but then I got wrong, too, because I was hurt. So we let them go. Come on, Lord. Let them, I, leave, I release them. I let them go. And Father, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. And be honest with God. Don't say, don't say, don't say Lord, forgive me if I did some things wrong. Say, no, forgive me because I was wrong. <laughs> In my hurt, I was wrong. I was still wrong. I, I gossiped about them. I talked about them. I participated in the gossip about my pastors and my leaders. Lord, forgive me. I want to be free. Yes. I want to be free. I don't know why this is so important, guys. But this 2018, new beginning. It is important. Jesus, yes. For those of you, where's your boss? I'm hearing leaders, bosses, even not just church leaders, bosses, teachers, administrators in the school system, politicians. Including even our president. I'm going to say, Lord, forgive him. Because you know why? We're hurt. It ain't going to hurt the president for us being mad. The word of the Lord says for us to pray for those who are in leadership. So come on, this is a big one. 
Lord, forgive me for participating in all the stuff, even against the president, against the mayor, against the governor. That's right. Come on, let's go to hold that against the state representatives, people on the school board that I've been upset with. Lord, we choose to go into 2018 that we will pray for them. Praying for them doesn't mean we agree. You agree with them. It doesn't mean you agree with their policies. It's just that I'm going to stay free. <laughs> I'm going to stay free so that God can use me the way he wants to. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, bless the Lord in this room. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Elder Maxine Wright. <laughs> this precious woman of God came into our lives through Pastor Madeline. And I guess our first time of meeting her was right here in this room. Was it, was it here no, first? No, it was in the building. In the building first. That's right. We came to the building. And when we moved here, I'll never, I love sharing this story. She knows the story I'm going to tell. I, I was talking, because we meet here on Friday nights with our leaders, our, our leadership team. And uh, we're going through training so that they can better serve you. Uh, and I brought up something that, uh, that I kind of envisioned for the future. And she was like, hold up, hold, hold up. I, you know, <laughs> I love that about her. Hold up. You need to say that again. Explain that to me again. And I told her, I thank you for doing that. Because so many people walk out of a meeting and instead of getting the issue straight right then, they walk out and talk about you. Mm -hmm. And she didn't do that. She's like, let's get an understanding right now, right here. Mm -hmm. And when we got the understanding, she's like, okay, I get that. I understand that. But I told her, I so appreciate that because to me, that's integrity. Yes, it is. If a pastor or leader says something that you don't understand, or you may not agree with, don't. She didn't walk out and talk about me and never show up again. Right. She gave me an opportunity, which is what many, many pastors and leaders like me, we want. Give me an opportunity to explain myself. Yes. And she gave it to me. So to me, ever since that moment, like, oh, yeah, we, we're brother and sister for life. <laughs> so I want you to welcome her. She comes to share with the Lord. Put her on the I'm going to be very brief. I know many ministers say that all the time. <laughs> They're going to be brief in there a couple of hours. But I'm going to be brief. It's uh, a very simple message. As I thought about the year of 2018 and going into it, I said, okay, Lord, what do you want me to share with your people um, for today? And I thought about the new year. Um, and the fact that it's a new beginning mm -hmm. and God will be opening up doors to us. Yes. And what I thought about was that we don't want anything to be between us and our Savior. Yes. That yes. nothing come between us yes. and our Savior. Yes. And in order to, the, to do that, we've got to lighten the load. Mm -hmm. And the scripture that came to mind was... The 12th chapter of Hebrews, Hebrews 12 and 1. Mm -hmm. And the King James Version says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a crowd, cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight 
and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run the, with patience the race that is set before us. So sin for everybody is, is the same. But weights are very different. What's a weight for me may not be a weight for you. And sin is something that kind of easy to identify. But weight, we don't often think about the weight. And they're not as easy for us to identify. Weights are something that don't necessarily, it's not a sin. And they don't necessarily lead us to sin. But they do slow us down and interfere with our pursuit of God and the things of God. And so, that I want to really focus not on sin today, but on the weights. Because the weights will slow you down. So I really want to focus on weights. We want to go into the year of 2018 light. And not carrying so much baggage. Or being hindered in our pursuit of God or the things of God. So, what's a weight? The simple uh, dictionary definition of a weight is heaviness or a mass of an object or a burden or an oppression. So a weight would be anything that would burden you or oppress you or draw your attention away from God or the things of God. Anything that's going to stand in your way or slow you down from your pursuit of God or the things of God. So in our Christian race or our walk with God, sin would ensnare you or trap you or trip you up. But weight are just going to slow you down. Or give you a hard time yes. in pursuing God or the things of God. Now, Paul in Hebrews likens our pursuit of God to running a race, like in the Olympics, or um, like running a marathon. So, when we look at runners, they usually are dressed pretty lightly. Mm -hmm. Like with shorts on, yes. mm -hmm. low top sneakers, mm -hmm. sleeveless jerseys, mm -hmm. right? Yes. They want to be dressed as lightly as possible so that they can win the race. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you got all these runners maybe running a uh, 400 meter. Yes. And if you got another runner come in with like maybe sweatsuit on or a jogging suit, mm -hmm. high top sneakers, Maybe some weights on. Who do you think is going to lose that race? I don't care if he's a good runner. That's right. He's going to lose the weight because he's going to lose the race because he is heavily suited. He's got too many clothes on. And so it is when we're running the Christian race. If we've got burdens, we've got things that are weighing us down, it's going to slow us down. We may not lose the race, but it's going to slow us down. It's going to make it difficult 
in pursuing the things of God. Yes. Because we've got too much weight. So here we are running this race. And we've got this weight on us just holding us down and keeping us from pursuing the things of God. It's yes. just holding us back. You know, it's keeping us from doing the things that we want to do. Amen. And so we've got to get rid of them mm -hmm. or lay them aside, as the Bible said. And so, like I said, Paul likens it to um, a big sporting event. So picture an arena, big, huge sporting event which is um, so great a cloud of witnesses. They're in this sporting event, mm -hmm. but it's not actually spectators. Mm -hmm. They're not actually a group of people because the Bible does not support that. These witnesses are actually the faithful saints of God, men and women who have gone on before us, according to Hebrews, the 11th chapter of Hebrews. Mm -hmm. There are hero faiths, yes. our, our faithful heroes, men and women, who have already run the, run the race. Mm -hmm. They have already won, mm -hmm. and there are examples. That's who's in this big arena. Yeah. They're just examples that are there to inspire us and for us to look back at. And um, there are examples mm -hmm. so that we can look at them and be inspired by them as we're running this race. Mm -hmm. They're not setting up, looking down at us, cheering us on. But they're the examples for us to look at. So we can look at these examples. They encourage us to persevere in this race that we're running. One example I can think of is Lot and Abraham. Um, Lot says, look, or, or Abraham says to Lot, look, your herdsmen and my herdsmen, you know, they're not getting along. They're not in sin yet. They didn't go to the brawl yet, but they're getting into arguments. And before you know it, they're going to be blowing up here and it's going to turn into sin. Think that might be a weight? That's a weight on Abraham. So Abraham's got to get rid of this weight. So he says, look, Lot, look out and whatever land you want, you take it and I'll take what's left over because I've got to get this weight off of me. Because it's going to interfere with my pursuit of God. Yes. So I got to get this weight off of me because I don't want anything to interfere with my pursuit of God. Amen. Another real example I'll give you is just a, a friend of mine. She had a, um, a friend that would, she spent a lot of time with her. When they got off of work, they would spend time shopping together and doing various things that took up a lot of her time. And when they weren't together, then she was on the phone talking to her all the time. So she finally said to her, look, I, I just can't do this. I don't have time to spend in the word of God. 
I don't have time to spend in prayer because I'm spending all this time with you. That's a weight on me. I've got, you know, we, we just can't spend this much time together because it's interfering with my pursuit of God. So my encouragement to you is you got to get rid of weight. We've got to get rid of what the, whatever the weight is. Whatever is a weight for me may not be the same weight for you because the weights are different for me than are for you. I don't know what the weights are in your life. You don't know what the weights are in our life. But we don't want to go through 2018 carrying weights. And God doesn't want us to. We want to go through 2018 easy and light so that we can pursue the things of God. And we don't want anything to stand in the way of that. So my encouragement to you is to... If you're having difficulty identifying them, ask God to help you identify those weights and get rid of them. So you can go through lightly, easy. I don't know if you've ever saw that commercial. There's a guy, he's got some medical problems and he's on the escalator. And everybody's passing him by on this escalator and you can see his arms moving. And he's barely moving. Because he's sluggish due to his medical problem is weighing him down. The next guy in the same commercial is on a bicycle with triangle wheels. Anybody ever see that commercial? And he can't get going. Even the people who are walking are passing him by and he's on a bicycle. Because he's that sluggish. He can't move. It's whatever his issue is, is slowing him down. We don't want to be like that. We want to get moving in this Christian race. And so in order to do that and pursue the things of God, we've got to get rid of these weights. So my encouragement to you is to get rid of those weights so that we can pursue the things of God. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his job. He's cunning. He's crafty. And he'll use anything and anybody to stop us in our pursuit of the things of God. So look to God who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Get those things out of your life so that you can win the race. I want to win the race, and I know you do too. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. 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 My Lord, my God. <laughs> wow, I'm understanding more and more why the Lord said, Have y'all bring this word today? <laughs> um, the weights. My Lord, as you were talking, I was just thinking about, um, uh, I remember a few years back when me and my wife started changing our lifestyle or our eating habits and all of that. Don't shout me down now. <laughs> but all of those can become a part of the weight. I'm not talking about physical weight, but I mean the way we eat, that way it's impacting our life. Do you know that we're now moving into a time where our physical well-being needs to be on point. 
Yes. yes. Really does. It's a struggle. I know. Mm -hmm. Come on, let's get. Let's say, Lord, I'm I'm changing my lifestyle. Remember, I earlier I talked about what we intake and what we see and what we listen to. Mm -hmm. But even in what we physically eat and how we eat, our sleeping patterns. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about myself now. <laughs> our sleeping patterns. All of those become weights that hinder us. Do you know that depression? Is actually can sometimes be attached to our sleeping patterns. Mm -hmm. We get weary, tired, tired, and got to keep going to work. Got to keep doing. Gotta, and you will get yourself so mentally and physically fatigued that now it starts impacting even how you feel, how you feel emotionally, how you feel in your mental aspect of your life, and therefore it affects us spiritually. God starts speaking to us about. Uh, uh, spending more time in the word and just when it's time for you to read your word I'm so tired because I keep going to bed too late and so it's a weight mm -hmm. don't go into condemnation that's why I believe the Lord gave you that word help us understand the difference it's a weight mm -hmm. we're living a life but it's a disciplined lifestyle that he's calling us into so yes. that you can spend more time in the word so that you can spend more time in prayer yes so that when the Lord does call upon you, you and I can say, I'm a ready soldier. There are many of us who, the uh, Lord gave me, gave me this acronym for war, W-A-R. You have to be willing, you have to be able, and you have to be ready. And many of us are willing and we're able, but we're not ready. And so this word on the weight is will be the part that makes us ready for the warfare. I mean, you said, Lord, I actually want to be ready now. Yeah. We've been willing for a long time. We've been willing. Yes. We even have the ability to do it. <coughs> but what's been holding us up, I believe God has used uh, Elder Maxine to show us we haven't been ready because of these weights. So let the Lord show you. I just gave that example of eating habits or your sleeping pattern. Uh, I remember you know, my wife had because I'm chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> <laughs> chocolate chip cookie connoisseur I know the difference you know I know when Chips Ahoy changed their recipe yes. like, wait a minute this don't, they don't taste the same as they nope. used to taste nope. like, I got a witness in the room I used to love them too See? they don't taste the same I don't no more but here's the part and that sugar causes that rush. We all know you get that sugar rush and all that, and then you crash. And when you live your life with that rush and crash and rush and crash and, and how it's affecting us in our nervous system and, and the, all the different systems in our body. My wife is much better at explaining this than I am. But that becomes just the way. So she made me take that out of my diet. Every once in a while, she lets me have some cookies every once in a while. But it used to be regular every week. Every week we go shopping and I give me a pack of cookies. <laughs> and again, no condemnation. Don't go into condemnation because remember, this isn't about that. This is about, Lord, I want to be the best that I can for you in 2018. I want to be a warrior, willing, able, but also ready. So laying aside every weight. Wow. Every weight. Laying aside every weight. Pastor Matlin dealt with laying aside the sin and slaying it. I know y'all didn't collaborate. Ain't this guy? We never talked to each other. She did. About that. Slay and lay aside every sin, and now she's come forth with now lay aside every weight because God wants us willing, able, and ready. 
Mm -hmm. Wow. I don't know about you, but this is the best end of the year service I've ever had. <laughs> Come on, bless the Lord. Right now. Thank you, Lord. Wow, it's not going to be the same. Things are not going to be the same. And now, lastly, uh, I have to try to compose myself every time I try to talk about my wife. But I want you to understand that God knew what Chris Green would need. I get lots of credit and people, you know, praise you as a man involved in ministry. But for us, this is together. There is no Chris without Carol. Amen. Amen. Just doesn't exist. Does not exist. She is not the she is not the good woman behind the man. She is the good woman with the man. Amen. I know they got those phrases behind every, you know, great man. There's a, there's a good woman or a great woman, but let's just start with she ain't behind me. I know that's right. <laughs> She's not behind me. We are in this together. And we have been uh, uh, ever since we first met. Uh, well, when we first met, it didn't go so good. <laughs> I'll tell you that story afterwards. <laughs> But for 37 years, and this is our anniversary weekend, I mentioned it early, for 37 years, this woman has walked with me, and, uh, and uh, we've walked side by side. The word of the Lord says uh, uh, that God called the woman that helped me suitable for man. And due to misinterpretation of scripture, help me has come to mean that uh, the woman is the assistant, uh, the one kind of tagging along, all those kinds of phrases, but... God used the word for help me. It's a Hebrew word, ezer, E-Z-E-R. And it's help, helper. And it is the same name that God used for himself. When we read the word of the Lord where it says, I will look to the hills from which cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. It's the same word. Yes. My ezer comes from the Lord. Amen. So a woman, wow, here it is every man in the room. A woman is a help to us like God is a help to us. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. <laughs> That's right. Yes. He gave us as men authority, but he gave women the ability. Amen. The actual ability. So when he calls a man and woman together, he's saying, you got both the authority to do what I said and the ability to do what I said. Mm -hmm. Now you can see why the enemy fights us so hard between yes. men and women. Because yes. if we ever get together and understand yes. that we need each other, we got to have both authority and ability in this life yes. to overcome the enemy. So that's why with the movements that we got going on, women trying to go forth in ability without authority. And you've got men trying to act in authority and you can't do nothing. <laughs> you ain't got no ability. You have to have both. And this woman uh, is my friend, my lover, my, well, myself. <laughs> I love her. The mother of my children. Uh, and uh, there's just too much for me to even put it into words how much God has used her to help me, in particularly these years here in Harrisburg. I wasn't born and raised here. I grew up under a different type of spiritual warfare. And so after 24 years of serving, of living in St. Louis, 17 years in ministry there, 
and then moving here, God has used her to help me to understand what life has been like for all of you here in South Central Pennsylvania region. It's a very different mindset, very different warfare. I come from a place where St. Louis was founded by the French and the Italians. And so things are out front and in your face. Here, founded by the Germans and the Dutch, things are behind your back. All y'all nodding your head. <laughs> Lots of backstabbing. All the, see, I come from a place where you get stabbed, but you get stabbed in your chest. St. Louis is, you get stabbed in your chest. Here, you get stabbed in your back. <laughs> so I'm used to face-to-face -face confrontation and moved here, and people were smiling and greeting, and it's so wonderful, and I'm so glad to see you, and glad you're here, and then after, like, <laughs> where'd that come from? From the same person who was just smiling at me yesterday. <laughs> and uh, she has stuck with me through, we've been homeowners three times, but we've lost two homes in foreclosure. Um, I lost a brother uh, uh, to HIV uh, AIDS and this woman was right there with her holding me through uh, the loss of my own brother. Um, she became so much a part of my family that my dad calls her number one. His, his number one daughter-in-law. <laughs> and and uh, I love her with all of my heart. And I don't want you guys to get the wrong picture about, even as you're sitting in this really nice uh, town home in our life, six months ago, uh, uh, our car was repossessed. And it took very dear and special, precious people rallied behind us and helped us get back on our feet and help us. Uh, so I want to be real with y'all about what what's happening here. We all need each other. And as we were going through that, my wife refused for one second to give in to the enemy. She keeps telling me it's going to be okay. She keeps encouraging, see, I need that help. Amen. There have been so many times uh, that I was really ready to quit, but she is right there, uh, keeping this man going. <laughs> when I'm like, not, not getting ready to quit. I have already, in here, all the brothers, you know what I mean, like in here, it's already done. Decision's done. I just hadn't told you yet. <laughs> and she has been the one throughout all of these years that has really carried uh, me and my family in her heart and intercession. She is a true intercessor. Uh, I've watched her through the years pray for hours, whether she's walking through the house, cleaning the house, she's humming, and, and, uh, and y'all, some of y'all know what I mean. She's one of those people that hums and sings and worships with the whole time, no matter what she's doing. She's always interceding and praying. I've watched her morning after morning when people have asked her to pray. And I want you to know, those of you who, if she told you she was going to pray for you, yes, she put it down on a list. And every day, she prays. She meant it when she said it. And a lot of first ladies don't get a lot of recognition. And then there are some who, they don't really need it. <laughs> but this is one who needs, I want you to understand, she hates even for me to use that phrase, first lady. Uh, 
because she's more than that to me. She's not the first lady of this church. She's the first lady of our home. And we, I love her with all of my heart. And I want to just to hear what God wants you to hear. God has put in her spirit because it's coming to you from the standpoint of someone who is a mother in Zion. Amen. She is a mother in Zion. That's what God called her to be. Amen. So just welcome, my wife. Amen. Wow. Oh, thank you. I don't know if I can live up to that. All easy. But praise God. Um, when my husband asked me to share this, it was after a conversation that we had. Um, one of the questions that had been in my mind uh, about something that I had read in the Bible, um, about how even uh, the people of God would, um, that, that, it was a, that it was possible for them to be, um, to give in or be deceived by the enemy in the end times. Mm -hmm. And I always wondered, how that could possibly be. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, as I, it was, uh, one of, I read my Bible at night before I go to bed. Mm -hmm. And this scripture, 2 Thessalonians uh, 2, 9 and 12, just popped off the page to me. And it says, The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. And, I, and that answered the question for me. I had... And you know how I've read the Bible year after year after year, but there are times, every time you go through it, something else comes up or it stands out for you. And that stood out. So it answered my question that they all made, that they received a strong delusion, that they believed the lie because they did not believe the truth or had pleasure in unrighteousness. That was why they believed the lie. That's why they could be deceived. Mm -hmm. um, that's why they believed the delusion. They could, that a stronger delusion was sent to them. And after I thought about that, I thought about, okay, so it was because they did not receive the truth. And what I heard was uh, that interchange between Jesus and Pilate. Pilate, uh, and that's John 18, 37 through 38. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. Uh, so Paul, uh, Pilate, he was cynical. He thought that all truth was relative. When we're thinking about that, their culture, um, Pilate was a, was a government official. 
um, and government officials uh, consider truth to be whatever the majority of people agreed with or whatever helped advance their own personal power and political goals. <coughs> so where there is no basis for truth, there is no basis for moral right and wrong. Justice becomes whatever works or whatever helps those in power. In Jesus and his word, we have a standard for truth, for our moral behavior. So I, and after reading this, after thinking about this, all we have to do is look at our society today. Look how, how people respond to life today. All we have to do is look at Facebook. You can't even give your own opinion without somebody jumping on you, attacking you. You can't have a conversation with other people. You can't disagree. You can't have a discourse without somebody calling you a hater. Um, just because you have a differing point of view. Um, uh, uh, and truth today is relative. Um, it, it depends on your circumstance. It depends on how you view life. There is no one truth. There is no one way. You know? um, and uh, so we add, in John 8, 32, it says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Yes. You shall know the truth. And it, in, in, it is, and when I says no, it is the recognition of truth by personal experience. You have to personally, you have to have a personal experience with Jesus. It can't be something that is just religious. It's not just a ritual. It's not just something that you do to keep mom and dad off your back. It's not something that you do just to keep relatives off your back. It is something that is you do from the heart. When you give your life to Jesus, it's, it's not, I know when I first gave my life to Jesus, it was because I didn't want to go to hell. But as I, um, after I went to school, I went to Oral Roberts University. I found out about the Holy Spirit and about who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. I began to find out more about who Jesus really is um, mm -hmm. and to find out really who God the Father is. I had this picture in my head of him, of God. I, I had this picture of God in my head of, of him lying on his couch being fanned by angels and I'm dropping grapes in his mouth. I don't know where I got this <laughs> that picture from. But it but I felt like he was so far removed from me and from who you know, I didn't know who he was. Um but as time went by and as I wanted to know him, I read my Bible. You know, you go to church, you hear the word, you get teaching, you find out who God really is. Um, you get to know him personally, and then you experience him. Um, you actually have prayers answered. Um, um, you meet people who feel like you do about God, and you exchange life's experiences. Um, but uh, let's see. Uh, but we need to receive love of the truth that we may be saved from the power of Satan, so as not to be deceived by his signs or lying wonders. When we choose to love the truth, we are saved from the power of Satan, 
we won't be sent a strong delusion and we won't be condemned. But it's loving the truth. And understand, and I, I think the other part of it is even understanding who God is and what he does for us. Uh, one of the words that came to this ministry um, when we uh, were sent out was, uh, is from Jeremiah 1.12, which says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Um, and of course, when you, when we heard that word, he said, He said He will hasten my word to perform it. And we see many prophetic words when we were sent out, when we were sent here. And so you get a, an expectation in your mind as to what that's going to look like and what into what that's going to be. Mm -hmm. um, but it. It didn't, we thought maybe, you know, three to five years we would be able to build a church. It, you know, that was, for us, that was hastening the time. Um, but that expectation was blown completely out of the water. And, and what God really wanted for us was something completely different than what we had in our minds. So we had, and so instead of getting mad at God not meeting our expectations, um, we chose to change our expectations, to find out what God was really looking for from us. Um, uh, that word, and I'm going to go through that, Jeremiah. Um, the word well there means to be or to make well. Uh, the word seen means to, to see, to advise self, to appear, to approve. To behold. The word ready means watching, waking, hastening. The Lord is watching, waking, hastening, anticipating. He's sleepless, alert, vigilant, on the lookout um, to care for watchfully. That's what he's doing for us. Um, he's uh, The word perform means to do or make in the broadest sense and widest application. Uh, it means to accomplish. He's accomplishing. He's advancing. He's appointing. He's causing us to be apt. Um, he's becoming. He's causing us to become. He's causing us to be able to bear. He's bestowing on us. He's bringing forth. Um, he's, he's being busy. Uh, so that, that scripture says, then moreover the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Uh, and according to these definitions of the words that are found in that scripture, then the, the Lord said to me, You have advised self, you have approved, considered, discerned, made to enjoy, have experienced, taken heed, joyfully, joyfully looked on, respected, caused to see, diligently, skillfully, used aright, benefited, made cheerful, comely, earnestly found favor, made merry, for I am watching, anticipating, I'm alert, I'm vigilant, I'm carefully watching, I'm to accomplish, to advance, to appoint, to be at, to become, to bear, 
to bestow, to bring forth, certainly be busy, have the charge of, deal with, ready, execute, exercise, fighting, indeed be industrious, maintain, be occupied, bring or come to pass, practice, procure, surely, thoroughly, be warrior or war for it. This is what God's doing for us. Um, even when we don't always understand his way, um, and sometimes we, because we don't understand his way, we may even give in to what's going on around us. We may give in to the world's ways. We may give in to the way that the world thinks. Um, because our expectations have not been met. Because we asked God for something and he didn't do it. Because we were, were disappointed. Because we were hurt. Um, whatever the issue is. Because uh, as um, uh, Pastor Madeline said. Because we we didn't slay what we didn't slay uh, the the past. We didn't slay the issue. We didn't let go of the person that we needed to let go of. We didn't let go of the past. Um, we didn't lighten our load, as uh, Sister Maxine said. We didn't let go of the weights, the baggage. We didn't let go of the heaviness. We didn't give it to God. We didn't let go of the burden. We 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 lived in the oppression without allowing God to, to change our minds, to change our viewpoint, to come back to the truth, to come back to God's viewpoint about the situation. So it's all about really seeing life from God's viewpoint. Um, and not allowing our our disappointments, the hurts, the pains, mm -hmm. the weight, the sin, mm -hmm. uh, to allow us to change, but to come to change ourselves, to make ourselves to come back into agreement with how God sees life and how God sees the situation, the issue, mm -hmm. to see the truth. Yes, Lord. 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 Yes, Love the truth. Truth is God's perspective of reality. Amen. Truth is not, you know, that's one of those words that's used today. You know, you you got your truth and I've got my truth. That's why Pilate would, in a cynical way, say, what is truth? Because from my point of view, Truth is whatever we make it to be. And isn't it interesting that all of those centuries ago, that's exactly the mindset in America today. The reason why you cannot have a conversation with our own family members, our co-workers, friends, is because America has been deceived to think that there is no one truth. Truth is whatever you think life is. Uh -huh. And therefore, when you Christians come along talking about truth, how dare you tell me 
what is right and wrong. There is no right and wrong. It's whatever is right to me. Anybody heard this phrase? Whatever is right for me may not be right for you. And what may be right for you may not be right for me. And when you have this level of chaotic thinking, it's the reason why in California now they're pushing for children to be born. And instead of even putting in a gender, you just mark nothing on the paper. And we're going to let the child decide if whether they are a boy or a girl. Why? Because we live in this era of truth is whatever I say it is. And so that's why you can come to the point where just as my wife said, the Lord answered that question. How can you come to a point where even believers get deceived because we don't love the truth? Amen. Amen. And understand truth is not just facts and figures and numbers and data and information. Truth will always be what is God's point of view about life. Always remember that truth is what God's point of view of life. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. So you want to ask God the question, well, God, what is it that has actually happened in my life? Well, what you know what you're asking? You're not asking God to just tell you something. You're asking for him to show you something. And I'll use this as an example. Most of the time, our picture of talking to God is, I'm here, and God is up there, and I'm just telling him about my life. And that's what we think prayer is. I'm just going to be here Speaking to him up there, telling him what I'm telling him, telling him, and telling him. That's not what he wants us to have. He wants us to get up and climb up in his lap because I'm his son, I'm his daughter. And now from his lap, now I turn around and I look back at my life. And now I see it from his point of view. Always remember this. That's what you're saying. I want to get up into your lap, Daddy. And I want to look back over my life and my family and my children and my neighborhood and the world I live in. I want to see it from your perspective. Because when I see it from my perspective, it looks like this. Why do the wicked prosper? Why do the wicked prosper? Seems like they ain't worried about nothing. Their stomachs are full, their eyes are bulging, the Bible says. They got so much. But the writer says, until I got into the pavilion of the Lord. And when I looked at things from his point of view, I saw that their way is slippery. They're walking on ice with glass slippers. Every step they take could be their last. Yes. Changes everything, doesn't it? The wicked really ain't prospering like I think they are. Coming to his pavilion, it's getting brighter. For them, life is getting darker. They live in dread. Yes, God. 
They live in fear and dread every second. Yeah, all the little guys on the street corners and they're selling drugs and they got, you know, I say this to the young people when we do get a chance to minister to them. Yeah, they're selling drugs and they're doing stuff and they're making money and all of that. But they never know when somebody's going to drive by and, and that's it. And they live in that constant dread. Their, their sleep is not peaceful. Got dogs all in the house trying to bark, make sure they barking enough time so that the cops arrive or if other drug dealers arrive, that I got enough time and warning to get out the back door or out the side window. It's not a life of peace. So come on, people of God. Stop being envious of the wicked. Come on, see life from God's point of view. Yes, Lord. Come on right now. Just say, Lord, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Lord. Thank you. I'm going to love the truth. Lord, even when you show me who I really am, I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to act like I didn't see that. <laughs> I'm not going to make no excuses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You showed me who and what I really am. All right. Yeah, that you're right, God. You're right. And I'm going to love the truth. Life from your point of view, that's what's true. Yes, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Father, you have spoken to us in such profound ways today. And now we choose to covenant together as we walk into this new year. Thank you. Bless the Lord.